Hey there, and welcome to the Terrence Fisher Podcast. So we're talking about religion. And in the first part of this series, we gave a definition of what religion is in sort of a working definition terminology type of way. And we gave an overview of it and talked about how religion has basically become a part of our everyday lives, our everyday societies, you know, our educational system, our economics, our personal lives, and much, much more. We talked about how religion started as a way or a means to understand the world around us and the universe around us and give it meaning. And in this episode, I kind of want to zoom in a little bit more and talk about one of the concepts of religion. And that concept is the concept of sin. So what is sin and why is it important? Where did it come from? All of that good stuff. Well, a definition of sin is basically an offense against a religious or moral law that separates us from God or a God. And it puts us on a path to death. And in the Christian belief, that path leads to ultimately leads to eternal hell. And sin is sort of this thing that sits on the bed of what we think is right or wrong or what we consider as right or wrong in any given circumstance. Now, there are many things to be said about religion and its practices and principles and, you know, it's ever eluding mysteries and all of that kind of stuff. But one thing that stands out to me about religion is its judgment of right and wrong, good and bad and sin. And the problem with our idea of sin and good and bad and right and wrong and all of that stuff is that we never tend to agree on it as a whole. I mean, we have literally dozens and dozens of conflicting views on what sin is and what sin is not. You know, we even categorize sins, you know, some sins as worse than others. You know, we have all of these types of sins like mortal sins, venial sins, sins of omission, sins of commission, sins that are abominations, you know, regular sins, all of this kind of stuff. And we've separated ourselves into denominations and such largely based off our differences in opinions about these particular types of sins. And you may be thinking something like, you know, this is not our idea of sin. This is, you know, the biblical definition or the definition in the Quran or the Bhagavad Gita, you know, things like that. And that may or may not be true. However, the thing is, those teachings are in these books and they're filtered through us as humans. So we have to interpret them. So being that, you know, we have all of these different ideas about sin, you know, one group of people, one denomination says these are the type of sins you should and shouldn't be concerned about. And then you have another denomination that says these are the sins that you should and shouldn't be concerned about. And then those two denominations, ideas of those two things oppose each other. So at that point, we have to ask the question, how do we determine which one of these is correct? How do we determine which one of these ideas by a particular denomination or a particular religion, you know, be it Catholic, you know, be it Muslim, be it Buddhism, Judaism, whatever the case may be. How do we go about determining which one is right and which one is wrong? And to take this whole thing even further, 
we change the definition of what is considered sin and right and wrong and good or bad to fit our needs. And this has been true of every single aspect of our lives from our relationships and marriage to sex and money and much, much more. We twist the meaning of scripture and teaching and all of that kind of stuff to fit our needs. And there are even debates of whether or not we are even held accountable by God or a God for any sin, because one of the teachings from particular denominations in the Christian sect, you know, teach that Jesus was the atonement for all sin. So there is no sin that you can do that will get you away from God, so to speak. And an example of this that I always use is that the Catholic Church, arguably the largest religious church in the world, has changed even their definitions and their meanings of what they consider to be sins over the years. And I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but one of the things that the Catholic Church used to preach and teach is that it was a sin to eat meat on Fridays. And I'm sure you may have heard of this before. This is kind of where we get our fish Fridays from. It quite literally, in literal terms, used to be considered a sin, you know, something bad, something not good to eat meat on Fridays. This was the case for literally decades and decades and decades. And then all of a sudden, I believe it was in the 1950s or 1960s, the 50s, I believe, where the Catholic Church came out and basically changed their mind and said, you know, hey, it's no longer, you know, a sin to eat meat on Fridays, literally with no other explanation other than, okay, now it's cool to eat meat on Fridays. Now, this is a problem for several reasons. You can imagine the people who were under that teaching before they declared that it was okay to eat meat on Fridays, the people who did eat meat on Fridays and thought that they had sinned against God, that they had done this horrible thing, you know, really religious people that were devout Catholics, devoted to the church, all of this kind of stuff, thinking that they had committed some sort of sin against God. And imagine the people who have families who may have died on a Friday after they ate meat. And, you know, these people's families thought that their loved one had gone to hell for eating meat on a Friday. And then all of a sudden, like I say, with sort of no warning and no explanation, the Catholic Church came out and said, oh, it's okay to eat meat on Fridays. So you can imagine the sort of turmoil and the heartache that this kind of thing has bestowed upon people. And, you know, another problem with this is if it's the case where the Catholic Church got something like this wrong, then it literally has to beg the question of, okay, what else is it that the Catholic Church is getting wrong? And not only that, what else is it that all of us are getting wrong about this whole thing? If it's possible that we can be wrong about something and our track of history has proven that we've been wrong several times, you know, on important issues, we really have to ask the question, what is it that we're getting wrong right now? Now, if this entire situation isn't bad enough to make matters worse, there are apparently some people that because of their stature or status or position in life are not held accountable for sin in the same way that others are. And this religious idea has kind of promulgated its way into mainstream society. So when a bishop or a cardinal in the Catholic Church, for example, 
rapes and sexually abuses a child, they apparently are not held to the same standard by God nor in our society, and thus the large cover-up in the scheme in the Catholic Church. And you add to this the fact that it used to be a thing to where you could actually pay your way out of sin. You know, so if you committed some sin against God, you could give money or you could give jewels or something that's valuable like this and you'd be forgiven, but only if you gave those things. So you see, it's this is a very, very kind of convoluted process of determining what sin is and what right and wrong are in our moral society. And, you know, another problem with this whole idea of sin is that there is virtually nothing that's not considered a sin. I mean, really, short of waking up every day, quoting scriptures, praying, cleaning yourself, wearing particular and certain clothes while avoiding other types of clothes, eating certain types of foods while avoiding other types of foods, evangelizing the gospel, going to church regularly, tithing 10% of your income, fasting and praying, and then going to sleep and dreaming holy thoughts. You know, short of those things, you're certainly a sinner 99% of the time. And given that, you're certainly on a path to hell most of the time. And I realize, you know, a lot of what I just said is somewhat of an exaggeration. And I said that for emphasis. However, I do think that there is a part of us that recognizes a lot of the absurdity and sort of these things that we've come up with in terms of what's right and wrong and what's considered good and bad. And I think we change a lot of these concepts and beliefs once we realize they are no longer good for us. And that's sort of the way that it should be. However, I think that we should attribute it to that and recognize that that's what it is that we're doing. You know, if we had been having this discussion, you know, say 20, 25 years ago, the whole concept of women preachers and women ministers and women pastors in a church was almost something that was literally unheard of. And in today's society, we have women who have their own churches, women who run, you know, successful ministries and things like that, and women who are really good at what they do. So I think we've realized that a lot of these concepts that we've considered good and bad is not a thing. It literally used to be considered a bad thing and a sin in a lot of circles for women to even speak in church, period. And another example of that is women wearing certain types of garments, pants. It literally used to be a thing. And it is it's still like this in some churches you know, around the world and, you know, in some denominations where they don't like women to wear pants in church. And again, if we had been having this conversation 20, 30 years ago, this was something that was literally hammered into people. And, you know, a lot of women thought that it was a sin to wear pants to church. So I think what we've discovered in this conversation today is that the idea of sin and good and bad and right or wrong or right and wrong are largely very subjective concepts that are made objective by our agreeance upon a mutual concept or concepts. And what I mean by that is once we agree upon a set of concepts that we say are beneficial to the well-being of our society and our humanity, there are objective things that we should and shouldn't do in those terms. Just the same as if we agreed that 
in a football game, our objective is to win. Well, if we're in agreement that our objective is to win the game, there are certain things that we should and shouldn't do in order to reach that objective. But outside that football game or outside those mutually agreed upon concepts for the objective, the shoulds and shouldn'ts and the rights and wrongs are basically subjective concepts. And I think a really important takeaway and application on a personal level that we can get from this today is that we're really just all trying to figure this whole thing out. We get some things right, we get some things wrong, and we simply learn and correct where necessary. And what I mean by correct is that we make change where change is necessary or where we determine change is necessary. You know, there may be some things that are good for us right now today that may not be good for us 15, 20 years from now. You know, just as conversely, there may be some things that are bad for us today that may become better for us, you know, 15 or 20 years from now. And I think that that's true in all forms and aspects of life and in nature. You know, for example, as a growing adult, as an adolescent or a teenager, there may be certain foods and certain things in your diet that you need that are good for you. That when you hit 50 or 60 years old or 70 years old, those same particular things become bad for you. Or at the very least, those things may need to be consumed in different amounts. You know, and the same thing is true with nature. There's a difference in the amounts of water that grass needs in the summer versus the amounts of water that grass needs in the winter. So it's really all okay. This is simply the process of discovering life and discovering the world around us and assigning and determining meaning to ourselves and the things and the people around us. And I think that when we realize this, it lightens the load and it makes this entire process a whole lot easier. It makes us better people and helps us make the people around us better. And it makes us just more enjoyable humans and even gives more meaning to our lives. <laughs>